0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant sitting across from me, back in the saddle, Uh, and this is Stuff You Should Know. Yo. Back in the saddle, eh? Yeah. You want to explain that,
0: or should we just leave it a mystery?
1: Saddle? No, well... What yeah. the metaphorical saddle is in this case? Yeah. Well, um, you know, we have been kind of away, even though it seems like we've been here every week, I know. through the magic of um, digital recording. <laughs> that's right, pre-recording. We uh, we batch recorded our episodes and covered ourselves. We built up what we call a kitty, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been releasing them steadily and faithfully while we've been off recording a TV show.
0: Recording a TV show, that's right.
1: Our own TV show where... And Yumi pointed this out to me, how cool this is. We play ourselves. Yeah. That's, I think that's the only thing I'm qualified to do. As oh, an actor. yeah, <laughs> totally. We would have failed miserably if we'd done, you know, yeah, anything, anything else. else like Sh- a Sherlock Holmes update or something like that. Oh, there's so many of those going on already. I know. So Should why we, not us? Yeah. Why not? Elementary. <laughs> yeah. My dear Clark. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we have a TV show coming out. I guess we can talk about it freely. We're done.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll really ramp up the plugage come December, but look for it in January on Science Channel. Yep.
1: And, and if you don't have Science yeah. Channel, go out and purchase Science Channel.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we are we do not know cuz I know people are already asking about online um stuff if they're going to be available like uh you know, through various media outlets online. Yeah,
1: we don't know yet. And we're working on that. We'd love for it to, but it's not up to us. Yeah. So I mean, you have to hedge your bets and get Science Channel. Yes. Add it to your um, your cable subscription, and if your cable provider doesn't offer Science Channel, you burn down their offices. That's right. Until they do. (laughs) That's right. Um. uh, Yeah. Okay. So Chuck. Yes. Have you ever heard of a little movie called Twilight? Yeah, I've seen all those. You've seen them?
0: Oh yeah. Emily's read the books and she's way into it, so I have been sucked into
1: it. That is very supportive of you.
0: (laughs) I don't think they're very good, Um, but I must admit, I do want to see the final one just because it's like when you watch four of something or however many it's been, three of something, Mm -hmm. it'd just be kind of weird to stop there. Gotcha. So I will see the last one. When does that come out? I think probably sometime around this published date. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's a Thanksgiving or Christmas release. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I bring that up to propose that that's the only time we talk about that franchise for, throughout this whole podcast. <laughs> okay, sure. Agreed? Agreed. Um, because vampires, which is what we're talking about, yeah, they go back a very, very, very long way. Yeah, They've evolved. They've changed. They've shifted their shape. <laughs> but um, they seem to all have certain characteristics in common, right? Yeah. For example, um, they can't see their own refi- reflection. Well, not necessarily. Okay. If we go back to the ancient myths. Okay. Uh, they are, um, wary of crucifixes. Crucify. Cru- nah, crucifixes. Yeah. Uh, they, um, only come out at night. Yeah, they're the undead.
0: Yeah. Suck blood, uh, from a victim's
1: neck. They have to be invited into your home. Yeah. Garlic as well. Holy water.
0: Yeah. Superhuman strength—all tenets of the modern vampire lore.
1: Yes, and modern is a good—it's a good way to put it because all of this is a fairly recent um, image of the vampire, yeah. thanks to Bram Stoker, and then shortly after that, Bela Lugosi. Yeah, we now have this conception of the vampire. But like I said, it goes back way, way further than the 19th century or even the. 18th century. Whoa. Yeah. It goes back as much as 4,000 years as far as we know and probably further back, right? Yeah. And I will say one thing,
0: not to bring up the T word again, but Bram Stoker and other authors and filmmakers, the cool thing I like about the vampire uh, in pop culture is you can pull from all these different things to create your own creature of the night. Yes. Like some of them, you know, in, in like True Blood, for instance. You know, they can retract their fangs. They're super sexy. They, you know, Lilith is in that. A, oh, yeah. A version of Lilith that we'll talk about. Okay. So I just think that's kind of one of the cool things about vampires is Bram Stoker did the same thing. He pulled from different areas of, of mythology and said, this is a fictional character I'm going to create using all these old uh, folk legends.
1: Right. But there are some things that are, are very basic. The, 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 the commonalities among all vampires is that generally they suck blood. Yeah. Um, and they um, are dead in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, undead. They are. They're undead. That's, yeah. a, that's a great word. You just coined an excellent term. <laughs> yeah, just made that up. Um, <laughs> so you have undead people, former people, in most cases, um, feeding on the living. That's the vampire. That's the yeah. basis of almost all vampires. Yes. But even that has exceptions because these early, the earliest vampires that we know of that uh, arose out of the first civilization. Mesopotamia um, were actually demon goddesses, right? Yeah, Lamastu mm-hmm. was a
0: demon goddess, and she was the daughter of Anu, the sky god. Yeah. And she would um, creep in and kill your babies.
1: Yes, she was not a happy, nice person. She had talons, wings. Yeah. Um, and they believe that the Assyrians and Babylonians were basically going like, what is going on when they would encounter sudden inf- infant death syndrome yeah. or uh, miscarriages? And they said, well, of course it is. lamastu." Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think it's so funny how so many of these things were sort of used to explain, and not vampires, but all kinds of folk legends, to explain like what medicine now says is
1: SIDS. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean like it's that, that – this – basis of the vampire legend, using it to explain stuff people didn't understand, Yeah, usually some sort of sudden death or a wasting away, as we'll see later, um, it spans thousands of years. People have been going back to that well for thousands and thousands of years. True. That's pretty interesting. Agreed. You know, when you look at this one group in the 19th century with the Assyrians 4,000 years ago, yeah. and they're all thinking the same thing, Yeah, that's... I find that very interesting. That's that's an archetype if you ask Jung. Yeah, and it just goes to show you we're all humans all over the world
0: for as long as we've been around.
1: We're all stupid. We're all stupid.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, Lamastu is uh, also associated with Lilith, who I mentioned, who this past season was on True Blood, yeah. like a version of Lilith. But um, she is in uh, prominent in Jewish texts and is a lot like uh, Lamastu. She um, was... The first woman, supposedly. Yeah. Not Eve, but Adam and Lilith.
1: Yeah, that's like that question about, like, who was the first president? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, apparently there were other presidents before
1: Washington. There were, like, eight or nine before Washington. But you just have to say, well, were they the president of the United States? Right. No, they weren't. Right.
0: So Lilith um, was a modern woman. And she was like, you know, Adam, I ain't putting up with this (laughs) because I am just the same as you. I was created from God just like you are. Yeah. And so, um,
1: stop acting like you're not made of dust. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So she left Eden, said, I'm out of here. I'm going to go have my own kids. Yeah. God sends angels to bring her back. She's like, no, nah, I'm not going. And the angel said, all right, you think angels are nice. We're going to kill 100 of your children Yeah. every day until you get back up to Eden or heaven.
1: Yeah. And rather than say, okay, well, let's go back to Eden then. Lilith said, do it. And they did it, and so she started killing human children in, in return.
0: That's right. Again, with sharp talons, a winged demoness, stealing infants and fetuses.
1: And I find that extremely interesting, um, that the vampire legend is kind of born out of this, um, this folklore of how you're supposed to be subservient to men. Right. You know? That's, uh, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Because they, there's this element of seduction that kind of was reinvented with vampires here or there but it's one of the it, it may have gone away in some areas but it always came back this idea that there was a a woman or a person who didn't follow sexual mores true whether that sexual meaning like intercourse or gender yeah They didn't follow the rules, and that's kind of like another thing that's always kept the vampire legend going, or that's always been a part of it. I guess that's a good point,
0: because Lilith does set up the the notion of the uh, seductress. You know, we see over and over in further legends,
1: right? Um, And then so Lilith is associated with ancient Jewish texts. Um, Lamastu is uh, from Mesopotamia, yeah, and they they aren't certain if. Lilith was a variation of Lamastu or if they both evolved from a third character. Right. But um, those are the two most ancient ideas of vampires that we have. Shortly after that, we can head on over to Greece. Yeah. And they they feared a lot of vampire-like creatures. Yeah,
0: Lamia was uh, another demoness. um, Head and torso of a woman, Mm -hmm. lower body of a snake. Yeah. And um, evidently this was... Uh, one of Zeus's mortal lovers, yeah. Zeus's wife, um, did not take kindly to this. Hera, Hera, and she was like, "No, I'm going to make you go insane, lady, and eat all your children." Yeah, you're so crazy, you're going to eat your kids.
1: And then come to afterward. That's right. And when she did, she went so she she went so berserk, not in the Viking way, not berserker. No, just straight up berserk. Yeah, that she um, became a monster again, killing children. Yeah, because she was jealous of other women who That's had right. children. Um, who else? Um, they also had the uh, M. Puse. Yes, the daughters of Hecate, who was the goddess of witchcraft.
0: Yep, and they were shapeshifters, for the first time, right?
1: Right. So, like, you have all these, all these different cultures contributing to the vampire that we understand today here, or there, um, and it. it it, it wasn't just the Greeks. It wasn't just the Mesopotamians. You also had uh, India getting into the mix.
0: With the Rakshasa.
1: Right. Um, which was basically like a, um, a ghoul. A shape-shifting ghoul who once again killed children. Right. And same with the uh, Vitala. But they were more like a zombie, if you ask me. Yeah. A demon who took possession of recently dead bodies yeah. to wreak havoc on the living. That's a, that's a zombie. It sounds like zombie. Um and then the Chinese also had their own thing. Um, the, uh, Kuei. Kuei. <laughs> kuei. Yeah, sure. Okay. You have to say it like that, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the guy on NPR who always reports from China.
0: Oh, does he over? Hey, he speaks
1: normally and then all of a sudden, yeah. I, I mean, he's doing it accurately, but it's like, um, a little bit like Daniel Day Lewis doing Lincoln. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> but do you, do you know what you sound like?
0: I want to get rid of slavery. That was sort of like a jacked-up Kennedy. That's weird. A little bit. Um,
1: so how, how do Kawhi come about?
0: They uh, are corpses who would rise from the grave, mm-hmm. kill again, and that happened when uh, a person's lower spirit did not pass into the afterlife Yeah, um, because of bad things they did. So the Poe was angered by That's this. the lower spirit. Yeah, and that would reanimate, basically, and say, you know what, I'm going to attack the living at night once again.
1: Because what else do I have to do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Well, that's a good way to exact revenge. Just have to hang around here, and with the wheelbarrow. So
0: all of these stories were floating around the world, and eventually, um through trade
1: and things, yeah, wound up in Europe. Yeah, the first globalization, the Silk Roads, started bringing all these things together, and yeah, they moved over to Europe, and that's where they really sort of took off. Yep, I guess you could say. And in the the place that became the um epicenter, um was central Europe or eastern Europe? Yeah, Russia. Yeah.
0: Early on with the upir and uh, again Greek with the oh boy. Uh, uh or Vikolakis? Ryka Yes, I think, that's, I think One of those is good. One of those. You can't start a word with four consonants. Right. One of them's got to be silent.
1: Yeah. And this kind of like um was a an offshoot of the Chinese conception of how a vampire became a vampire, uh the upir um, which they think is the word that led to vampire or vampire yeah um was basically a, a, a person who during their life was a sinner mm-hmm. unbaptized baby yeah which is really sad a vampire baby yeah that's kind of funny <laughs> um and they uh, anyone who wasn't a christian yeah practitioners of witchcraft especially of yeah. course for obvious reasons because you'd already sold your soul to the devil yeah so you're you were doomed you're like halfway there Right. So, um, all of these factors combine to basically make you a loser in the afterlife and you're going to come back. Um, and families were, I guess, aware of this kind of thing. They, they knew that there was the possibility. Yeah. That, you know, Uncle, Uncle Vigo, <laughs> who, uh, had a, a lot of, a big gambling problem, uh-huh. which the village looked down upon. Right. Yeah. Um, when he was alive, when he died, well, he was probably going to become an upir and so if all of a sudden uncle Vigo's like nephews start dying in a weird way, yeah, um say of maybe a dread disease, uh the family would probably go dig up Uncle Vigo and do crazy stuff to his body yeah, and uh
0: one thing to point out here this is I think the first time with the upir that we get the notion uh that they would go back to the grave to rest. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. On a regular basis, and that sets things up moving forward, kind of. Right. So, like you said, they would um, sometimes dig these bodies up, sometimes burn them, um, drive a stake through the heart. Yeah. They would really take care of this corpse. They would bury them face down sometimes. Yeah. So, like, if they tried to crawl out, they would be headed in the wrong direction. That's pretty awesome. Gotcha. Yeah. Or, Stupid vampire. <laughs> but, um stakes facing down.
1: So, if they tried to crawl up, they would stake themselves. Yep. And um, that was, this was the, uh, about a thousand years ago in Central Europe, this stuff, or Central or Eastern Europe, this stuff started to, um, these beliefs started to come about. Yeah. That you could solve your vampire troubles by butchering the corpse of the suspected vampire. Yeah. Um, And it started then and it carried on. Anytime there's a vampire panic, which, uh, interestingly, all, almost always attended a... um. An outbreak of some sort of disease. Yeah, I could see that.
0: Because um, once again, they're just trying to explain away
1: exactly medical conditions. Right. Um, people would dig up corpses and like do crazy things to them. Like in Venice, they found a uh, a 16th century corpse that had a brick in its mouth. Oh, really? They, they that was realized, no accident. No, it hadn't. It didn't <laughs> fall in there. Um, and then in the 1850s, there's this really cool article, Chuck, called "The Great New England Vampire Panic." Oh yeah, it was on um, the Smithsonian website recently. It is awesome. And in the 1850s in Connecticut, there was a tuberculosis outbreak, and people panicked and started digging up graves and and just completely. Um, Rearranging the people's bones or cutting out their hearts and burning them and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And these were, this is the 1850s. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't the, the dark ages. Like people were starting to have an understanding of like disease. Looks like the Salem witch trial, same deal. Right. But 200 years later or 150 years later, you know? So, um, there, there was this big panic still as recently as the 1850s in the U.S. among, you know, folk. Who dug up their family members and like burned their, their hearts. Those people are funny. Yeah. They call them undecided voters. But those are right <laughs> those are the people that I'm talking about though. They're doing the same thing or thinking the same things that the Assyrians did four thousand years before. I yeah. just think that's so interesting. It
0: is. And backward. Yeah. Um so in uh Wallachia, Moldavia mm-hmm. in Transylvania, which is yeah. now Romania um they had something called strigoi and strigoi were um they were a little bit different because they were um they would go through different stages after rising from the grave like at first they were just poltergeists and they were invisible spirits that would torment their family in the afterlife mm-hmm. um or in their regular life the strigoi's afterlife right does that make sense yeah um but then they would as time passed they would become visible uh, looking like they did in life, and they would still return and steal cattle and bring disease and all that stuff to their family. Big for food. Yeah, why would they do this to their family? That's
1: what I never got. Uh, I think I saw later um, that uh, metaphorically it's a it's basically a vampire lore is a um, a life lesson. Okay. Like, don't be a drain on your family. Support your family. Take care of your parents in their old age. Like, you don't want to be a strigoy. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. I guess that makes sense. Um, and Strigoi
0: or a Strigo, which I guess is the singular of the Strigoi, mm-hmm. um, they would have to go back to the grave a lot, just like the Upir did. And they followed the same pattern. They, If they thought someone was a Strigo, they would exhume the body and take care of it the old-fashioned way. Right. And um, But here's a little loophole. If you manage to survive for seven years mm-hmm. as a Strigo, then you're good to go. They're like, all right, you've got staying power. You just go do your strigo thing,
1: right? You are like the living dead. You no longer have to like return to your grave to rest. You're basically reborn. Well done. Um, and apparently the strigo couldn't, um, or the strigoi couldn't make their way in their town. Yeah. After that seventh year, you know, because sure. <laughs> they weren't allowed to vote. There was all sorts of all the cattle mutilations, trip. right? Um, so they would move to other towns and they would have secret meetings with other strigoi and. Um, that's where the idea of vampires fraternizing came from. Yeah, hanging out? Yeah. Talking shop? Yeah. Basically, the, a secret culture of vampires existing outside of our awareness. Yeah, remember
0: uh, remember, like on Jerry Springer when that was on? Or it might still be on, I have no idea. I think it is. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Is it still the same crap? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah? He didn't take the high road at some point? No. <laughs> I just remember back in the day they would have like those real vampires, the people that live the vampire lifestyle there's
1: a video of it in this um <laughs> is there in this uh article, oh boy, yeah, those people, yeah, the guy looks like a cross between Marilyn Manson and um Brandon Lee, oh yeah, yeah, interesting kind of kind of odd looking he's got the contact lenses and everything yeah going. and
0: they'll they'll shave down their their fangs like for real right they'll file them down,
1: yeah <laughs> um so there's two types of Strigoi, right? You've got the Strigoi mort. Not morty. No. <laughs> mort as in dead. Yes. So this is the basically who we were just describing. And then the uh, Strigoi view, which is the living, the person who's going to become a Strigo when they die.
0: Yeah, people that I feel very sorry for because they were probably just born with a bump. What are those called? The... um when you're born with a- I was
1: like really just racking my
0: head. With a vestige, like a partial tail?
1: Yeah. Uh, <sighs>
0: vestigial
1: tail? Yeah. That's what um, it is. No, there's a word for it. I can't remember. I'm so tired of doing this. Well, let's call How it How many vest- hours <laughs> have we wasted com- <laughs> combined saying, oh, I wish I could remember it? Well, we just invented this off the top of our heads, so uh, don't beat yourself up. Not adavisms. Yes. Exactly right. Atavisms. Atavan is some sort of (laughs) drug.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, actually. Um, So if you're a poor baby born with a vestigial tail, Mm -hmm. a little bump on the top of your tailbone.
1: Or um, uh, some sort of fetal membrane still attached to the head, which is called a call.
0: Yeah, they would just call you a strigoy view or vu. Right. And you're sort of like, sorry, I was born with this bump. I'm not a vampire living, walking on the earth. They said, no, you are. Right. And if you have kids, then they're going to be uh, Strigoi in the afterlife
1: and we will have to destroy your body when you die. And they did. And they did so. But I guess it's kind of nice that they didn't just kill the person while they were living. They just yeah. shunned them, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, the idea of a call like having some sort of um, special significance, is it goes beyond the vampire thing, too. Like, oh, I'm sure. Like uh, you're gifted with a second sight or there's all sorts of like – Supernatural, paranormal folklore surrounding people born with a call. Huh. Once again,
0: people have proven to be stupid over the years.
1: So, um. But
0: this is where vampire
1: came in, right? Yeah. The Strigo, the Strigoi, um, started to come to be called the vampire, which is, again, from upir in the Russian. And all of a sudden, the stage is set for the vampire legend to really take hold as it's taking shape. Yeah,
0: and like this is where pop culture came into play. Hysteria had set in and so painters and artists and authors had this material that's pretty rich for the time. Right. All this hysteria is going on, so let's write a scary book about it. Yeah. And that's what Bram uh, Stoker did.
1: Yeah, and he was, um, he was, are you going with Bram? I go with Bram. You go Bram? Yeah. Have you ever read it? I no. I saw the movie though.
0: Hey, I, took a liter- I heard the movie was a
1: pretty faithful <laughs> adaptation. With the Coppola one? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah.
0: Uh, the book is great, though. I took a literature of horror class at Georgia. Oh, neat. And it was one of the cooler classes I took. I'm sure. We did Dracula and Frankenstein and like uh, the House
1: of Usher and then a bunch of short stories. Yeah. Very cool. So Bram Stoker, also Abraham Stoker. Yeah. Which I didn't know until I read this. Did what, you know that? That was his first name? Yeah.
0: Yeah, just because of the class.
1: Um, he uh, he was a theater manager and a novelist, and also a really great researcher. Yeah. Because, you know, all this stuff from this vampire... Um, um, Hysteria? Yeah, panic. Uh, from All this took place like hundreds of years before him. So, and I guess I don't know what inspired him exactly or where he saw it or where the where this all took place, but he didn't just go, oh, that's a pretty good idea, and wrote his book. Like, he went and did some serious research.
0: Yeah, supposedly he was inspired by... Uh, he was a personal assistant to this actor um, who ran the theater that he worked at. Okay. And supposedly, Henry Irving was the guy's name, was the inspiration to write the book. And I don't know if that meant he was some jerk. And he was like, I'm just going to personify you as a bloodsucker, Right. Or what? But Or maybe he just inspired him creatively. Who knows? Right. Um, but I bet someone knows more about this than I do.
1: Oh, I'm sure. So write in and tell me. Um, and uh, so Bram Stoker goes and he starts to do some research and pokes around and he finds... A great place to set this vampire tale is in Transylvania, which yeah. is the heart of the Strigoi vampire. This is where everything that we just talked about came together. Wallachia, Transylvania, Romania is what we call it today. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he, he thought, well, this is just perfect. I'm going to set it there. And let's see if I can find somebody uh, of that area who I can base this vampire character on. And he came up. With a guy named uh, Vladislav Basarab, yeah, that's a
0: creepy name. Period. Yeah, um, but it would be even creepier. He he was a prince, ruled Wallachia in the mid 1400s. Mm-hmm. Uh, creepier is that his father was Vlad Dracul, Vlad the Dragon or the Devil, mm-hmm. and um, Vlad Jr. was referred to as Vlad Dracula, which is son of Dracula or Vlad Tepes or Vlad the Impaler. Because even though it's not verified, supposedly he was a very fierce warrior. He would impale his victims.
1: No, okay, I really feel like we should do um, the real Count Dracula episode sometime. Yeah, I wrote this awesome article on it, and it is it's verified. What is it? It's, was there a real Count Dracula? Oh, yeah. It's about Vlad Tepish, the the Vlad the Impaler.
0: Yeah, because he just borrowed the name in the in the title, right? He wasn't really
1: based on this guy. Who Count Dracula? Bram Stoker's yes version right Vlad Tepes was probably far far worse than um, anything Bram Stoker wrote about Count Dracula way worse oh yeah yeah his like it is verified like yes he had all sorts of guys who were um, against him and who published extensively all these um, the, like books and pamphlets and all this stuff to smear his name uh-huh. but they got a lot of stuff right yeah like he was into some horrible stuff he killed a lot of people. Uh, he had a lot of people killed. His armies killed a lot of people. He—he's uh, he probably
0: like most rulers of the day.
1: He was—he was worse. He, he was most likely worse than anybody else. So he
0: borrows this name and this title, and social standing as an aristocrat. Uh, aristocrat. Mm-hmm. Great movie.
1: <laughs> aristocrat. He does a, a naked woman in that um, in that one in the Aristocats. Yeah, the Disney cartoon. Yeah, that's the one with the. So the one with the no, I'm thinking of the rescuers. Oh, I remember that. There's a naked woman in the rescuers? Yeah. When mm. they're flying through the city, uh huh. If you watch it frame by frame, they pass by a window and there is a photograph of like a woman standing in the window <laughs> naked. Um and like you have to watch it like in, in you know, frame by frame It's the yeah. only possible way to see it. But it's in there. Oh I, those I, animators. I yeah. They were dirty. <laughs> There's also
0: the the little mermaid thing, the um. The phalluses? Yeah, the hidden, not so hidden phallus.
1: Yeah, I'll bet that guy was like, no one's ever gonna see this. (laughs) (laughs) And then he lost his job forever. So,
0: um, so Stoker borrows this, uh, the name, like I said, the social standing, says this would be a great setting. Let's throw it in Transylvania. Let's, let's change a few things. Let's borrow from a bunch of different, uh, folklore and let's. Let's say maybe you can't go out in the sunlight and let's bring up the, the crucifixes now. Right. And let's make them really smart and, um, charming and.
1: Well, that was largely Bella Lugosi
0: that did that. Well, no, Bram Stoker's was totally like that.
1: I thought his was, um, that he was like a withered, ugly old man.
0: You know, but he was still had like the seductive powers. Oh, he was
1: suave and all that? Too? He was suave. Suave. So- well, because he, he, he,
0: yeah. He changed ages, if I remember correctly. Well, he
1: does in the movie, and I've heard the movie's a pretty faithful (laughs) adaptation.
0: Um, It was also, I think, the first time where um, all of a sudden they didn't have any reflection because most of the previous uh, uh, legends, they loved their reflection.
1: Yeah, apparently, not only were they in love with their own reflection and they could be lost for hours staring into a mirror, they were also supposedly obsessive-compulsive as some like Eastern folklore goes, and one way to ward off um, vampires was to spread seeds yeah. outside of your house because the vampire would be um, bound to count every single seed. Yeah. And if you put a little nail or a tack or something in there, when the, the vampire went and picked that one up, it would prick itself and all drop all the seeds and forget where it was and start counting all over. Say,
0: oh, you gotta start counting again.
1: And then you'd just be sitting inside, laughing, <laughs> drinking your ale. Stupid vampires. Yeah. So um, you but mentioned- But that was, that was another difference. I'm sorry. Th- we've been calling them stupid vampires. And up until the 19th century, like, you could make that case. Like, they were kind of dead zombie-esque a little bit. Yeah. Um It was Stoker that introduced, like you say, not not just all this other stuff, but the acute intelligence. That's right. This this very smart uh, like power of persuasion almost hypnotic yeah um, Svengali type
0: and in True Blood they have this thing they do called glamoring which is kind of a silly name uh-huh. but it's almost like a charm like a spell that they can put over you if you like lock eyes with one and you know when you glamour them they're you know basically in a hypnotic state you can they're highly suggestible in I a, get into in a, a sexual
1: hypnotic. way oh really <laughs> well in all kinds of ways but yeah there's plenty of they usually are just like take off your pants. <laughs> Did he say it like that? They point and say it in a creepy tone. Yeah. See, you, don't tell me you can't act. You could play the role as a vampire. <laughs> Take off
0: uh, your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the job. So, uh, let's do some voguing. So you mentioned 1931's Bela Lugosi uh, film, Dracula, yeah, um, which was, you know, where we get the, the, the cape and the I want to drink your blood and the sort of familiar modern vampire that pop-culturally speaking, that we're familiar with today.
1: Yeah. And one of the best songs ever, uh, Bauhaus's "Bella Lugosi's Dead. Yeah. Excellent. Uh 1922 silent film,
0: Nosferatu, with Max Schreck. Yeah. It's a little more true to the original creepy-looking guy.
1: What was the movie starring Willem Dafoe and um uh Oh, about the making Maltego? of Nosferatu? Yeah. Yeah. That what, was good. What is the name of that movie? Do you remember? I can't remember. Dude, that is such a good movie. Yeah. I want to see that movie again. I do too, actually. It's a great one. The ending is just awesome. Yeah. What is it? Shadow of the Vampire. Thank you, Thank Jerry. you
0: Jerry. That live <laughs> correction. Uh, Anne Rice then came along and, um. Yeah,
1: nothing happened in between. Yeah. Logosi and Anne Rice. <laughs>
0: but, uh, Anne Rice definitely brought things, uh, more into the forefront as far as, um, this range of emotions and he's, really complex characters yeah Um, I didn't think the books were very good but it's just not my bag oh yeah no I read the first one and it's just not my thing okay yeah I I mean I'm not saying it was not good it's just not my thing I'm with you Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer of course classic not so great movie great TV series
1: are you out of your mind you didn't like the movie I didn't think it was very good no oh you're crazy you thought the movie was good I love that movie Uh, well that's good Good that was a good movie
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I thought it really became itself when the cast changed and the... I love that movie. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. Uh, have you seen that South Park where like all the kids start becoming like vampires, all the good kids? Uh-huh. It's like very trendy and hip to be, to be like a vampire and to give yourself a new name and everything. Um, and they drink Clamato. <laughs> oh, I love Clamato. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you're in the minority, buddy. That's the secret to my famous Bloody Mary. I know, you've told me. Yeah. It's a good South Park, Chuck. I'll check it out. Um, where are we now? Should we talk about psychic vampires a little bit? I guess. All
0: right. Th- these are people in modern times that claim that they crave and feed on others' energy, their psychic energy. Mm-hmm. And they claim to be vampire-ish or vampiric? <laughs> Vampire-esque. Vampire-esque. Um, in that they will not, if they do not do this, then they will not have f- feel like they have fed on, you know sustenance like that is their sustenance is other people's psychic energy gotcha and it also goes back it's you know modern people claim this but it goes back you know thousands of years um this phenomenon does it's nothing new
1: well i actually think that it may have given rise to vampire lore as we understand it now yeah
0: and it's also a metaphor if someone you know someone can call someone a psychic vampire if they're just a drain as a person
1: yeah you know those people oh i do (laughs) i do Energy vampires. That's right. Uh, not to be confused with the other kind of energy vampire, which is like your coffee maker. Yeah, these things that are left on all night. Um, so there's – there's, we kind of touched on it earlier, the, the idea of why um, – where we would have gotten vampire legends. People use it to explain phenomena that we didn't understand before. There was such a thing as like germ theory, right? Right. So you have like um, uh, Lamastu – uh, being blamed for SIDS and, and um, uh, miscarriages, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then you have um, a couple other diseases that we've come to understand that they're like, you know what? We've never really definitively linked this to vampire lore, but I'll bet you this gave rise to it. It probably didn't help. So like, like what? Uh, porphyra. Is that how you pronounce that? Porphyria. Porphyria. All
0: right. We'll go with that.
1: Have you ever seen The Other's?
0: Nicole yeah. Kidman. Oh, is that what those kids had? Yeah. Okay. Alright, that makes sense. Uh, it's a rare disease, um, irre- uh, irregularities in the produ- production of, uh, of him with hemi, which is an hemoglobin. Heme. Heme. Yeah. I like hemi. <laughs> that thing got a hemi? <laughs> that's a, that's a dingin', yeah. <laughs> um, and basically what, you're gonna be sensitive to sunlight, you're gonna have uh, bad stomach pains, mm-hmm. you may be delirious, um, Back in the day, one prescription may have been to drink blood. So I would say that's probably a dead giveaway right yeah. there. Yeah. And know? have you seen pictures? Yeah. Of people stricken with this? Whew. Creepy looking. Yeah. Their teeth can be uh, like red or black and their gums can be red and black. And which
1: is, I think, probably another reason why they've yeah. linked that to that.
0: And it's uh, hereditary. So there, you know, there were places where there was more of this um, happening than other places. Right. Which, which would also lend itself to the whole vampire thing.
1: And feeding on your family. <laughs> yes. Same with tuberculosis. Like when when people were kind of spread out, except your family, uh-huh. and there were 19 of you. Yeah. And you all lived in one house. Yeah. If one of you had TB, probably the rest of you were going to catch TB, and a lot of you were going to die from it. Yeah. And whoever was the first one to die of this was probably the original vampire who was feeding on the other, and you were probably the one who's going to be dug up and have your heart cut out and burned. Yeah. But at that point, who cares? And then there's another disease called catalepsy, which Boy. is associated with epilepsy. Yeah, this one is freaky. Did you ever see that Twilight Zone where um I can't remember what actor it was, it may have been the professor from uh Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah. Um where he's in a car wreck and he's paralyzed. And he's the whole thing is just him talking to himself in his head like he's begging these people, yeah. To not bury him. Wow. Because he's not dead. And um it's really it's a great episode. So was he cataleptic? No, he was kind of like you said, locked in. Twilight Zone. Catalepsy is a it's a specific neurological disorder, like I said, associated with epilepsy, where your muscles just freeze up. And an episode like this can last for days. Yeah. And your heart rate slows, and your respiration slows, and you're yeah. alive, and I, God knows what your brain's doing, but you're alive during this time. Yeah. But you know, prior to say embalming. You may have just been taken for dead and put in the ground, and you had to dig, dig your way out and go back home,
0: yeah, and it's also associated with schizophrenia, so you're sitting around the dinner table, and uncle um uncle what vigo uncle Vigo he,
1: who come, remember he liked to gamble
0: he comes in three days after you buried him, brushing dirt off his overhauls, in a schizophrenic having a schizophrenic episode, and you you know you're gonna put a stake through his heart,
1: yeah yeah you know if you're smart <laughs> which is just not fair because after an experience like that it's like why would you wait why not why not let fate kill this man before he goes through this horrific sure. cataleptic experience and then it all end with a stick through the heart just yeah. let him get hit by a truck with a hemi or something <laughs> ahead of time
0: uh and then I'm not so sure about this suggestion but it might carry a little weight that what happens after a regular human body dies, yeah, um, might have fed into this a little bit. I would say so. Um, fingernails and hair um, continue growing, so this is like if they dig you back up, they're like, "Look, the fingernails are long, the hair's grown, mm-hmm. they're bloated uh, because you're full of you know mm-hmm. gases expanding." Mm-hmm. So let's cut them open, and this all this fluid drains out, and say, "See, they've been growing their hair and fingernails and feeding on." Others bodily fluids. They're alive. They're well, or undead.
1: Right. But uh Well I so mean I, it yeah, just I could, could see that. Like they're going back and resting and like the, they obviously have gorged themselves. Look at their stomach, it's all distended. Yeah. So I mean I think it was probably like the the nail in the coffin on their beliefs, like this is sure. this is all absolutely correct. Yeah.
0: I could see that now, I yes. guess. And then the notion of the vampire bat um came along later on where the the, the vampire could shapeshift into bats and sometimes wolves. Right. Um, although in Twilight, wolves and vampires are on opposite sides. Yeah. I said I would mention it again. Yeah, I know. And there I went. Um, but the whole thing of the vampire bat was just like a, a creepy, uh, you know, real vampire bats are docile creatures and they might drink like the blood of a cow But they're not attacking people. No. That was all for- for
1: They're as harmless as vampire babies. Yeah. You know? Uh, What are some of your favorite movies, Josh? Oh, uh, vampire movies? No, just comedies. (laughs) Like uh, DC Cab. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Detroit. Um, I, I would say probably the best of all time, in my opinion, is Lost Boys. It definitely has a kitsch value now. That is a great movie. It doesn't hold up super well, though. Have you seen really? it lately? No, I haven't
0: seen it in a while. Eh, in the ways that other 80s movies don't. You know? Huh. Uh,
1: really? Because that was like a cool movie. Yeah. Echo and the Men, cover the yeah. doors in it. Come on. Thou shall not kill. Yeah, that's a weird one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange song.
0: Uh, Near Dark. Did you ever see that one? I don't think so. Uh, 1987, Bill Paxton. Mm-mm. And uh, that one guy, Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. They're like these modern vampires traveling in an RV through the desert and
1: killing people. Really good.
0: I have not seen that. Near Dark is excellent.
1: What about First Bite with uh, George? George Hamilton? Yes.
0: <laughs> First Bite? Was that what it was called? Yeah,
1: he's like a disco Dracula. Yeah, I never... <laughs>
0: uh, vampire's Kiss was funny. Nick Cage.
1: I never saw that one. That was good.
0: Uh, I thought the original Fright Night, granted it was the 80s again, mm-hmm. but for me it was pretty good back in the day. I haven't seen that. Um, Kronos? Have you seen that? Nope. Guillermo del Toro? I don't. Good one. think I've seen it. And then, um, of course, Let the Right One In. That's a great one. Both versions to me. Very good.
1: Oh, really? I heard the American version was meh compared to the original. I thought they were both pretty great. I'll check it out then.
0: You know? They didn't, like, definitely didn't ruin it by Americanizing it. And then there are, of course, the bad ones like Van Helsing. Wes Craven's Dracula 2000. Yeah. Um, Blood Rain, R-A-Y-N-E. I mean, there's lots and lots of bad vampire movies. Sure.
1: Dracula Dead
0: and Loving It.
1: <laughs> that was good, though. Um, do you know how many emails we're going to get from people that would say, like, you forgot about this one?
0: Yeah. Let's just say there are hundreds of vampire movies. Mm-hmm. There's TV shows now, mm-hmm. the Vampire Diaries, True Blood, which I mentioned, which is sort of good again after falling off the rails. In my opinion. Okay. And, um, Twilight Breaking Dawn, part two. What is your problem? <laughs> it's twice. In theaters near you. Oh, actually, that 79 Dracula with Frank Langella, that was good.
1: Did he play Dracula? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he was good. Oh, yeah, okay. I could see him. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't thinking of the right person.
0: And then if you're into old movies, you know, you can't go wrong with, with Bela Lugosi or, or, uh, Nosferatu. Yeah. Take some time watch an old movie, that's what I say. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that's pretty much your your life coaching. Is it? I think so. Okay. Take some time and watch an old movie, says Chuck. Yeah.
0: Watch something in black and white for a change.
1: Um oh hey, also while we're while we're on this kind of scary esque topic, you want to plug somebody real quick?
0: Yeah, I think uh, we have an, another horror
1: yeah. fiction. Dude, as, we, as, we, stuff, right? Right. as we said, we would um, plug people who uh, send in their stuff for our horror fiction contest um, and who went on to publish stuff. Um, and one of the guys, Christopher Kelly, who wrote the very cool short story, Variable, um, took us up on that. And uh, he says that he has a creepy novella about two boys whose father tries to kill them called Abraham Road, not Bram Road. Uh, he says that it's... Um, it's what would have happened if HP Lovecraft rewrote of Mice and Men, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's available on Kindle. You can go find that on amazon.com Abraham Road ebook. Uh, and then he also has a collection uh, called I held my Breath as Long as I could 23 stories of the Strange, the Sinister, and the literary. Um, and uh, you can get that on Amazon as well. So check those out. Christopher Kelly, thanks for sending in your work. We liked it a lot. And uh, remember, anybody else who uh, has published and entered our horror fiction contest, we want to say thanks by uh, letting everybody know about your stuff. Agreed. If you want to know more about vampires, man, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yes. Um, You can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It will bring up a bunch of cool stuff, including um, who is the real Count Dracula, This vampire article written by Tracy Wilson, which is a great one. Oh, Tracy wrote that? Yeah. Couldn't you tell? It was pretty thorough. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, also another one I liked a lot was a Hungarian um, Countess, the world's most prolific serial killer. She's like the female Dracula, Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, Type that in the search bar, and it will bring all this great stuff up. Since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: All right, Josh. We're going to call this a trivia plug. Um, we went to New York for Comic Con, and we had one of our trivia nights there. And one of the things that we were required to do is, and want to do, is read the names of the trivia winners. And so I got emails from them and the and the runner-up team. Yeah. Because they were cool. And I'm going to read them all. Uh, this is from the winner, uh, Kyle um, Janish or Janish. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Uh, thanks, guys, for hosting the event. Um, as an avid SYSK listener, our team, Steve Holt, had a great time. The team name was Steve Holt.
1: Yeah, I remember.
0: Uh, we were made up of mainly former Midwesterners, which gave us a good advantage in the Great Lakes question. Uh, we had three girls in fashion, uh, Caitlin Grummel, Monica Lang, and Amy uh, Geidel. Uh, we also had three teachers, Dan Farrell, Michael Rakowski, and myself, Kyle Janish. And my twin, who does social work, Mike Janish. Yeah. And my friend, who seems to always be working for a pyramid scheme, uh, Micah Sterling. So those were the winners there. And uh, he says, the fashion expertise did not come in handy this time, but we were prepared for anything except for the Kevin Smith movies category. Which I wasn't a fan of. It was rough. They were far behind coming in the last question, but wagered it all and won. Um,
1: it's crazy. That's how it goes at one of our trivia events. Yeah.
0: So Kyle and his brother, Mike, um, remember meeting them? They were buddies with Joe Mendoza. Yeah. yeah. And he says, thanks for hosting and thanks for the sweet T-shirts. Yeah. And then the runner-ups. Runners-up. Runners-ups.
1: Sorry. The ghost of William Sapphire just ran through me.
0: Uh, thanks for hosting the Superfund Trivia Night at the Cutting Room. Um, and boy, by the way, thank you, Cutting Room. Yeah. That place is amazing and very generous in hosting us. And it is back up and running after um, like redoing the inside. Mm-hmm. And it is really nice. So mm-hmm. give them some love if you live in New York. Um, I'm a long-time listener, four years of pure love. And I recently got my boyfriend, David, hooked as well. And it has been a nerdy bonding experience for us. Uh, anyway, we decided to come up from Virginia. I came up from Virginia for
1: this? That's a long drive.
0: Um, we met some awesome people in line and formed Team Phil. Um, our lovely teammates were Paul Migalski. Leah Tallman Jen Nelson Charlie Tran David Burry and two others who skipped out early (laughs) and myself who is uh, Natalie David and Natalie is the one who brought us the Mike's On Pants Off t-shirts
1: oh yeah so um,
0: not only was that super nice but they sat in the table next to us and I was able to talk a lot of smack with them and so I said I would read about them on the show
1: that's just how it goes at one of our trivia events we bring people together Chuck Talk Smack like directly to you
0: yeah uh, it's a lot of fun so Natalie David says thanks a lot and cheers and I uh, hope you enjoy the shirts and all that good stuff
1: yeah See? we also we met the Convo Kings who we've been in touch with that's right they have a podcast of their own called appropriately appropriately the Convo Kings very nice guys Um and uh, yeah that's worth checking out too yeah Even so it was, it was so.
0: great fun meeting everyone and it's always fun I enjoy rubbing elbows like that nice people
1: yeah uh, What else? i yeah, got nothing else. All right. Um, if you have had a good experience because of Stuff You Should Know, whether it's at one of our trivia events, standing in line for one of our trivia events, or nothing at all, um, you can tweet to us, right, at SYSK Podcast. You can uh, join us on Facebook.com mm-hmm. slash Stuff You Should Know. You can uh, send us a good old-fashioned email to Stuff Podcast at Discovery.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.